Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this happened uh, a couple of days ago. I live in the suburbs of Northern California with my parents in an upper middle class neighborhood. My parents are away for their anniversary, so I've had the place to myself for the week. I got home from a late shift at work at around 1am. I go inside, shower, then I head to the kitchen to make some buffalo wings for dinner. I crack open a beer and I sit in front of the TV for a bit. I was sifting through movies to watch an HBO Plus when all of a sudden the doorbell rings. It actually startled me to the point that I jumped off the couch knocking my beer over in the process. It's now 2am and... There was really no good reason for anyone to be at the door at this hour. I just sort of stared in the direction of the front door for several seconds before it rang again, followed by rapid knocking on the door and the window. Now, for whatever reason, I was no longer scared, but more annoyed at the fact that some idiot would think that it's appropriate to bang on someone's front door at this time of the night. I head over to the front door, unlock the deadbolt, and pull the front door open, leaving the chain in place. In the heat of the moment, I didn't think to look out the window first. I just sort of yanked the door open. Standing on the front porch was a woman, around mid-twenties, with long silky black hair and a purple hoodie with black pants. I said, Can I help you? To which she responded with, Oh, yeah. Sorry to bother you so late, but my boyfriend and I are having some car trouble and our phones are dead. We were wondering if you could possibly let us use yours. She pointed up the street to what looked like a dark-colored sedan parked underneath the street lamp and said, See, that's us right there. Now, had this been any other person, and I would have said no, but she looked, I don't know, innocent. Like she was a college student. I live in a college town. And it wasn't completely uncommon for college kids to be out late on a Friday night. I asked her where her boyfriend was and... She said that he walked to the gas station to see if anyone had a phone there. I pulled my iPhone out and told her to make it quick as I was about to go to bed. She thanked me and said that she'd only take two seconds. She took my phone, 
dialed the number and put the phone up to her ear. After a couple of rings, whoever she called picked up and she said, uh, yeah, it's me. I'm borrowing someone's phone. She stopped talking and I could barely make out a man's voice on the other end. It was around this point too that I started to feel uneasy. She was taking a, a lot longer to be done with the phone call and I started to get impatient. The whole time she just stood there staring at me with a wide-eyed expression and a creepy smile that looked forced while this person on the other end kept talking. She finally said, Oh, okay, bye, and handed me my phone back. She then said, uh, Do you think that I might be able to come inside to use your bathroom? I said no and wished her good luck before shutting the front door. And right as I was about to walk away, I began to hear her laugh and say, you made the right choice. I looked out the peephole and she was still standing on my porch, but now she had a man standing next to her. He looked to be around her age and was wearing a, a hoodie and also a face mask. The pair then started to circle around my house, banging on the windows and laughing. I didn't hesitate to call 911 at this point, but they stuck around for several minutes trying to get in through my back door. I had my Glock 19 in hand aimed at the back door with 911 on speaker and was prepared to do whatever I had to do if they got in. They banged on my back door for around five minutes before they finally left. I watched them run up the street to that black sedan that I mentioned earlier and take off up the street. The cops showed up a few minutes later and they took a report. They told me that I was the third person to call them that night reporting a suspicious couple attempting to enter homes. I don't know what they had planned, but I'm inclined to believe that it was nothing good. Moral of the story is never answer the front door at 2am, especially without looking to see who it is first. I definitely learned my lesson that night. When I turned 18, me and my two other friends decided to take a trip to our local casino. We mostly just played simple games like slots and video roulette since it was our first time going to the casino. After losing some money, we decided to search for something to eat. Pretty much everything was way too overpriced, so we wandered around for quite a bit. Eventually, we reached a hallway along the border of the main floor. We made our way down the hall looking for food, but everything was closed. We started to notice that the hall was completely vacant of people though. As we wandered further down the hall, we reached a sort of oddly intriguing small room through a double doorway. This was the only entrance into this room. It was completely empty except for us three and about 10 to 20 slot machines, I would guess. But we were bored though, so I decided to throw five bucks into the slot machine and spin a few times. After my second or third spin, an odd-looking man, early to mid-thirties, just appeared from behind the slot machine, seemingly out of thin air. He began watching me play and started getting uncomfortably close to us. We weren't very worried since we outnumbered him like three dudes to one. However, we were very confused. We grew more and more uneasy the longer that we stood there, not saying a word. Eventually, my friend decided to ask him what's up. The man looked at us for a second before asking if we were all brothers. 
none of us looked even remotely similar, so we told him that we were just friends. He said, oh, uh, that's great, and proceeded to ask if he could join our group. We told him that we all came together and lied in saying that we were actually planning on leaving soon. He told us that we should stay and play with him and says, my good friend Rachel over there knows all the good machines and points to the other side of the room. We sort of slowly peer around the machine and all immediately become horrified. There was nobody else in the room with us. He was pointing into an empty corner. We all sort of stand up from our seats and slowly back out of the room, not letting our eyes leave this guy. Once he was out of sight, we turned around and sprinted down the hallway back to the main game room. We all vowed to never go back down that hallway ever again, and I never did. But curiosity eventually got the better of us. Now, about a year and too many casino trips later, we're playing blackjack back at the same casino with a fourth friend. He gets bored and hungry and says that we should go look for some food. After walking around looking for food, we made it back to the entrance of that very hallway that we vowed never to return to. The fourth friend said that we should search down there for some food. The rest of us tell him no and explain to him that we can't go back down there. He asks why, so we tell him about the experience down that hallway one year prior. He believed that we were making it up and that there was no room or slot machines in the location that we described. He explains that mum was a worker at the casino and he would know if there was a rogue room of slots in the middle of nowhere. So we did the one thing that we could do to convince him of our experience. We decided to lead him to the room. We made our way down the hallway and searched for the room but after walking for a few minutes we reached the end of the hall confused we turned around and searched again thinking that we had somehow missed it but no there was no room we came to the conclusion that they must have moved the machines out of the room since the casino changes things around quite frequently so people don't gain a sense of direction on the game floor so we once again walked down the hallway in search of an empty room or at least a set of closed doors that would enter the room but there was nothing no doors even remotely close to where we remembered the room. We were completely dumbfounded and started to question our sanity after all this. But all three of us remembered the room in the same location, yet there was nothing. There was no room with slot machines. In fact, there was no room at all. To this day, neither me nor my friends understand or can explain how any of this happened. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A couple of years ago, my buddy and I were bored one afternoon and we decided to explore an abandoned house that I had spotted earlier that week when I was out on a drive. We live in a town that is mostly suburbs, but if you drive like five minutes north, it's all country roads, farmland, forest, etc. The abandoned house that I spotted was in the middle of a field. There wasn't a paved road or gravel driveway that led up to it, so we parked as close as we could on the side of the road and walked through the tall grass to reach it. The house looked pretty old, most likely built in the early 1900s, There were plants engulfing the entire home and part of the roof was missing from what looked like fire damage. It had obviously been abandoned for quite some time, but my friend told me that it was going to hang back when we came close to the house. He just couldn't shake the feeling that something was off and said that he was getting bad vibes from the place. I decided to keep going and when I reached the house I looked in through the windows and saw lots of weather damage and signs of neglect. The door, however, was still locked. I walked around the perimeter of the house and found a cellar door. It was unlocked. I entered and slowly started walking down an old wooden staircase. I got about halfway down, I think, and squinted, waiting for my eyes to adjust to the darkness. The only light source was the sunlight coming in from the open cellar door. It was full of old belongings, furniture, and junk. But then... In the far right corner of the room, I saw what looked like a figure standing in the darkness facing me. My stomach sank when I saw the person. Whoever they were, they were tall and they were just standing there straight with their arms at their side. I couldn't make out what they were wearing or any facial features, but I stood there for a few seconds staring back at them in shock. I thought that it had to be my mind playing tricks on me, so... I sort of squinted harder trying to make out if what I was seeing was actually a tall figure when suddenly it moved slightly and made a a deep grunting sound. I panicked and I ran up the stairs as fast as I could. When my friend saw the look on my face when I exited the basement, he started running towards the car. He said that it looked like I had seen a ghost and when we drove away I kept looking back to see if we were being followed but thankfully... There was nobody there. This is the story my aunt told me years ago. My aunt and her family lived in a very rural and backwoods area of Lincoln County, West Virginia. She said that her father would go fox hunting periodically. 
he and the other men would travel up into the mountains to their camp. There they would let their dogs run, chase foxes, and spend the evening talking and telling stories among themselves. My aunt had many siblings, which was not uncommon back in the 1950s, backwards West Virginia. Her mother decided that she would walk with several of the younger children up to her husband's, my aunt's father's, camp. My aunt was one of the party and she said that they walked a long way back up on the mountain and spent a few hours relaxing and spending time with her dad. The group had such a nice time that they didn't realize it had gotten so late. My aunt's father gave his wife a lantern in order for her and the kids to be able to see on their long journey down the mountain. As the group left, the light from the fox hunters camp eventually faded out of sight. As they walked on down the mountain, her mother noticed a small ball of light about the size of a, a softball coming down the mountain behind them. Thinking that it was her husband needing something, she and the children stopped on the trail to wait. As they stood there, the light slowly made its way down the path and into better view. My aunt said though that the closer that it got, they could see that it wasn't actually a lantern at all, but a ball of light floating about three feet from the ground. She said that once her mother realized this, she put the children in front of her and told them to run as fast as they could down the old trail that was cut into the mountain. My aunt told me that they all ran as fast as they could down the hill. She said that the faster they ran, the faster the ball of light moved. My aunt said that they finally got to where their home was and ran inside and locked the door. According to my aunt, they were all terrified. And when they finally got the courage to look out the window... There was nothing there. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So I've never really had a paranormal experience, which is why I've always erred on the side of skepticism, I think. But I just started to dog sit regularly, overnight stays, and have stayed in three homes so far with no issue. I don't ever get scared on my own at night, and especially not when I have dogs with me. I also never have problems getting to sleep and staying asleep, even in places that are new to me. However, this day, I don't know, it was different from the jump. Typically, I get like 8 to 10 hours, but the first night, I got maybe at most 4. So far, I've always slept on the couch with a dim light on nearby so I don't run into stuff if I have to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. I settle in at around 9pm this night because the dog that I'm sitting is a puppy and the owner told me that that's when he gets sleepy. I put my headphones in and settle in to watch a few episodes of Misfits until I'm tired enough to turn in. The dog lays down to sleep on my legs. Everything is typical of every house sitting that I've ever had so far. The only thing that I'm not used to though is this house has a, a walkway on the second floor looking down into the room that I'm sleeping in. I'm fine though. Like I said, I, I don't really get scared. So I go to sleep at around midnight. 
The issues this night arose though when the dog woke me several times, barking at nothing. Each time this would happen too, I would settle him again, blame it on him sleeping in a different area and not being used to it, and go back to sleep. It took longer each time, but I did it. Only, it got to the point that every time that I was on the cusp of sleeping, he'd bark or start growling. Finally though, I managed to fall asleep at around 3.30, only to wake up at 6.30 to the sound of voices talking, sounding like they were in the kitchen, the room over. My initial thought was it was the owners using the Furbo, like a baby monitor but for dogs, that's in there with the crate, because it sounded like it came from the same area. But that didn't make sense though because the dog was with me and it was 6.30 in the morning so I called it an auditory hallucination from lack of sleep and I just moved on. Now he's a pretty big puppy, a Vizsla, 45 pounds at 6 months so I'm thinking maybe he needs more space on the couch. I switched to the pullout on the second night. I also put the lights that I dimmed in the kitchen to the max but it was the same. I go to sleep at 12.30, more on edge today, start clocking noises that I wasn't paying attention to yesterday, but sometimes it sounds like shuffling on the carpet on the second floor. Sometimes it's taps coming from the kitchen that I never hear during the day. I spend a significant amount of time squinting up the darkened walkway, but I don't see anything. But I have the weirdest feeling come over me. It just sort of feels like something is up there. The dog still barks sporadically, sometimes jerking awake because of it. I think that I get like three hours of sleep. I wake up again at 6.30 to voices, but they're closer this time, sounding like they're actually in the same room as I'm in. I'm like, okay, I definitely need more sleep if I'm having another auditory hallucination, so... I drive home that day to nap for a few hours. Now, I feel like I have to clarify something at this point. Auditory hallucinations when waking up are rare, and I think that I've had them maybe five times max before this in my entire life that I can remember at least. So as much as I'm trying to gloss over it, it's definitely weird. So, on the third night, which was yesterday, I'm like, okay, it's probably just all in my head. Still, I keep the kitchen lights on max and this time I turn on the lights above the walkway. I get to sleep at 12.30. But then I'm startled awake two hours later when the dog freaks out, starts barking and growling facing towards the foyer on the other side of the staircase leading up the walkway. He then does something that he never did before this and runs into the foyer to see if something's there. I'm sitting there with my ears perked my phone in one hand, wondering if I should call the police or not, but I don't hear anything and he comes back like 30 seconds later, standing on the pullout next to me and staring at the same place that he was earlier. I'm officially spooked at this point. I'm still hearing stuff. I still feel like something is watching me. I start counting the taps in the kitchen and it's always three sets of three, which is comforting at first because I think it's an appliance. Except then I realize that I'm pretty sure that's a thing in the supernatural world and not a good thing, right? In any case, I, I get back to sleep at 5.30 in the morning. This time though, I'm not woken at 6.30 by voices. 
Instead, at 7.30, a woman whispers my name directly into my ear, clear as day. I don't know if it's significant or if this happens in auditory hallucinations as well, but this time it's only audible in my exposed ear since I'm sleeping on my side. Regardless, at this point, I'm done. I feed the dog, let him out, put him in his cage, drive home and sleep for four more hours. It's the fourth night now and currently midnight while I write this. I'm still hearing stuff around me even while I'm sitting here in the kitchen with a, a ton of lights turned on. Sometimes I feel like I see things moving in my peripherals and I kind of feel like I'm going crazy to be honest. So I just want to, I don't know, share everything that's happening here. Maybe someone could explain some of this and relieve me of my fears or perhaps confirm them. I'll be up tonight I think and I don't plan on sleeping. Back when I was in my late teens I moved out of home, out of town, then rented a room from some couple. The woman didn't work but her partner did so she had a lot of time on her hands and she tried to control everything in the house, including me. I was working two jobs while studying at this point. The woman, who literally had no life besides from trying to mess up other people's lives, started doing weird stuff though. Examples of this were things like, I woke up to find her watching me sleep, she stole my sunglasses at one point, killed my fish, etc. She tried bossing me around and in real life trolling a bit, though she would disappear every full moon to apparently get nude and dance with her coven in the mountains. She claimed to be a witch and despite my interest in spirituality and tarot, I don't believe in witches or witchcraft. Anyway, I decided at this point that I'd had enough of tolerating her stuff and moved out. But that resulted in her stalking me via turning up to my workplaces and staring at me for hours. I reported her to the police and then she tried to cyberstalk me via Facebook and phoning me a million times. After moving into a new place, I would wake up in the night to see something standing in the corner of my room. Yet whenever I got up or turned the light on, it always disappeared. Hence, I assumed I was dreaming. But eventually it started standing at the foot of my bed. Again, whenever I tried to get up or turn on the light, it would always vanish though. But one night, I woke up to it standing there like usual. But this time... I could see a creepy woman's face on it and it was smiling at me. I said get lost and when I did it vanished. For a while I didn't see anything but I started coming up with scratches all over my body. I had no idea where they had come from. I would find them on my arms, chest, hips and thighs. One night though I woke up and ran to the bathroom mirror because I thought something bit me to find scratches on my shoulder, back like someone had just clawed me. I checked my bed for anything that could scratch me and even visited a doctor who asked me if I was self-harming. I wasn't and couldn't figure out where these scratches were even coming from. The last incident though occurred one night when I was half asleep and rolled over to my side. I felt air on my face and originally I ignored it until I felt a big gust of air directly into my face. I opened my eyes to come face to face with this rotten, bloated, dead-looking woman. 
She looked wet like someone killed her and then left her in some water to rot or something. Her body was coming up out from underneath the bed while her head was propped up near my face. I actually screamed in horror and was too scared to get off the bed. I covered my face with the blanket and then started saying prayers and waiting until morning. Eventually the sun rose and I looked around the room but there was nothing. After that it never came back and the scratches they seemed to heal. It scares me to think about but I do wonder if it lived under my bed for a period of time or something and was scratching me from underneath. As to where it came from, again I really don't believe in spells. Whatever it was though, it wanted to pose as a female I think and it was a part of my loser ex-housemate like a malevolent manifestation of spite or something and that's really all I can put it down to. Somehow, that woman, she managed to cause this. So, I was walking my dog in the rain the other day. It was about 6.30. A man comes up to me and he's wearing a red jacket. Seems to be in his maybe 40s or 50s. He's missing a few teeth. But he greets my dog and we talk about him. He gives me a chew toy and we play with the dog for a bit. As I'm about to leave, I give him the chew toy back and he insists that I keep it. After a few minutes of back and forth, I decide to drop it and take the ball. I thank him and wish him good night. I get home and examine the chew toy closer. I take out the squeak cap and inside I see a chip that's blinking with a red color. I immediately grab a pen and pick the chip out and snap it in two. My mind is filled with a lot of questions about why this happened and what I should do about it. So I post a picture of it on Reddit and I'm told by an electrical engineer that this looks a lot like a tracking chip. Why a, a tracking chip would be in a dog toy, I have no idea, but do you think I should contact the police about this? Or do you think that I'm just overreacting? So a few years ago, I worked in a military prison. Our hours were 24-hour shifts that consisted of shared downtimes, sleep time, between the shifts. One half stays awake, the other half sleeps, then switches halfway through the night. Now, I've been working at this prison for a while by this point, and I was currently working in our special quarters. Our SQ was just a, a long loop with all the cells on the inside of the loop. Every 15 minutes I had to do a health and comfort check and basically walk by each cell making sure the inmates are alive and healthy. Every cell has a security light so even at night time the cells are never truly black so we can see inside. And one specific inmate that I remember was in special quarters because he was mentally not all there. His favorite thing to do was draw, scream all day, pee outside the cell and sleep. And one day we had to do a cell extraction on him because he was clawing at his gums with his fingernails and using the blood from them to draw symbols all over his cell wall. A medical was looking at him on the spot while I was going through his cell to check for like contraband and stuff. Looking through his drawings, he would always make childlike sketches of him playing games with his brother and a creepy shadowy silhouette of a person. 
His name was over his drawing of himself, his brother's over his, and Dark One over the shadowy one. Cheesy, I know, but that's what was there. And while looking through these drawings, he looked at me and said, he doesn't like you being in there. I suddenly felt the hair raise on my arms and I walked right out. Keep in mind, I'm regularly told this weird stuff by inmates and it never bothers any well, seasoned officer like me. Except this one time. Anyway, fast forward a couple of weeks and it's probably around 2am and I'm awake while my partner is asleep. During every 15 minute check, I noticed every cell's security light was on as normal. Otherwise, I would have to write a report about it. I was sitting in the little cell that we used for our food for the day, just eating. When all of a sudden, I hear this extremely loud screaming. I could not make out what the screaming was or what even language it was. But my arm hairs raised again and I ran to find the source. And every single inmate was sound asleep, but... What caught my attention was that strange inmate security light was out and there was no way that they would be able to mess with the lights the way that they were installed. I quickly yelled to another officer in the other bays if they heard that screaming thinking that maybe it came from one of their bays. But not one of the other officers heard the screaming. I apparently was the only one that did. But there was something off about that guy and... Since that day, I always requested to never be posted in there again, even though it was one of the most sought-after posts. I guess something just really bothered me about that night. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.